Oh. 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 Yeah. It's <laughs> time, baby. Jesus is the real star. I'm just as hype. Yeah. In your face section with Pete Cabrera Jr. Oh, oh Jesus, Jesus, baby. baby. Yeah. Hey guys, my name is Pete Cabrera Jr. with Royal Family International University and School of Identity and Lifestyle. And you're listening to the All Jesus Podcast. And guys, today we're talking about the masterclass of the full guide to divine healing and training in the spirit. So guys, we're going to be talking about moving into manifestation. The first one we talked about the three offices and why it's possible. And the second one we were talking about how you could receive the healing for yourself. And today we're going to talk about how you can actually walk it out. So yeah, so let's get started. <laughs> that is so odd when I forget to hit record and I have to do it again, but that's okay. That's okay. So guys, we're just going to get started, okay? So uh, once again, we're just going to go. Uh, Dave's on here with me. He's going to moderate and he's going to put scriptures up. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask them, okay? So moving into action with manifestation is the key, right? So here we go. Let's address the two mindsets. Here we go. One mindset will keep you from growing into releasing all that you are capable of walking in, in the Christ. And you guys, you're going to hear me say this a lot. I'm always going to say the Christ, the Christ, the Christ, because it's about the Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? And you're going to notice that I'm always talking about who he is, because realistically, nothing else really matters in the kingdom of God if you can't manifest who he is, because I don't want you to get stuck in gifts. I don't want you to get stuck in anointings. I don't want you to get stuck in certain things. I want you to get stuck in the Christ, right? So you will have some kickback, okay? You will have some kickback. So it's, it's subtle, guys, if you're in the wrong mindset, right? So here it is. So it's so subtle yet so powerful when you don't put your mindset in check. Everything in the spirit sees everything as victorious, while everything in the natural realm will cause you to second guess yourself in Christ. The natural mind will see everything as foolishness. The key is to renew the mind in doing. So causing the body to do things that cause you to feel uncomfortable. Guys, what I mean by that is this. When you start training in who you are in the spirit, you're going to feel some things that are pretty uncomfortable. For instance, when you see someone that you want to go talk to, when you see someone that you want to go lay hands on, you're going to feel some kickback. You're going to feel like nervous. You might sweat a little bit. You might feel like something's wrong. And that's what I want to address as well. Like, how do you fight these things? How do you set yourself up? for victory in these things, right? Pushing through every awkward situation, pushing through every awkward feeling. Remember, it's not normal to the natural mind when you go up to a stranger and you attempt to heal someone supernaturally through Christ. This is not normal, guys, to the natural person. Everything in you is going to feel awkward. I mean, seriously, how do you train the mind to submit? How do you train yourselves to submit to this this type of, of, of what we would call torture to the old man, right? In the flesh. Like there's going to be everything in you. Now remember, the old man is dead. There's going to be some things that are going to be kicking against what it is that you're trying to do. Okay, but seriously, how do you train? How do you train in this physical discomfort? Like how do you do it? Okay, so I want to address the preparation that's needed in training your mindset in the things of God. Question. How do we train the mind that hasn't been exposed to what it is we're walking in when it comes to signs and wonders? One of the keys in manifesting the miraculous starts out with how you see yourself in it all and how you see yourself in Christ. Do you identify with this reality that you have been called to manifest? Have you settled it once and for all? That's the question. That is 
part of your nature in Christ? Have you settled it? The reality is you can manifest it in the Christ, but will you submit to that truth? Through, through basically submitting the vessel, this takes great discipline. In most cases, this can take years. Yet, in Scripture, Jesus sent them out under his command. We're going to talk about this. This proves you can walk out under his command today. This is what I want to address, okay? I want to address how you can walk out the Christ today. Look, I, there's people that say, look, it took me two years. Look, it took two years. It took another person one year. It took people months. Look, there were people in scripture who immediately started walking it out. And that's what I want to address is how we can walk it out today, right? Jesus explains it to himself. He explains it himself. Look, Jesus appointed the 70. This is in Luke chapter 10, 1 through 11. Watch this. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would go. Therefore, said he unto them, hear, hear, hear me out, I'm going I'm to address this. <clears throat> the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore for the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. So let's address. The issue is not the harvest. The issue is the laborers, right? Because I hear some people say, hey, let's pray for the harvest. Scripture doesn't pray, tell us to pray for the harvest. It tells us to send forth laborers into the harvest, which means that God wants us to go into the harvest. We have to address that, okay? Go your way. Behold, I send you forth as lamb among wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes. Salute no man by the way. And into whosoever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn again unto you. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as you give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from that house to house. And into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you. Eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick. <laughs> so that's one of the things we're supposed to do, is heal the sick. Okay, that's one of the first things he says. Say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. But into whosoever city you enter, and they receive you not, go your way out into the streets of the same and say, even every dust of the city which cleaneth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be you sure for this, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. So here's the question. Who are these 70? They were not part of the 12, guys. Yet they walked in healing power under commission by his word alone, okay? Jesus gave the word proving that his words carry power. The message is and will always be the kingdom of God is at hand. We preach and teach the kingdom of God as children of God. Okay, this is what's very interesting to me. And I had this conversation with a couple cats, right? Why is it that in the body of Christ, we teach anointings, we teach mantles, we teach power, we teach gifts, we teach all kinds of stuff seen in the spirit, we teach so many things. But one thing is, is, is vital in the scriptures that Jesus went around preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Jesus was not going around preaching and teaching manifestation, <laughs> preaching and teaching anointings, preaching, and that's not what he was doing. So 
The 70 that went out, he commissioned them to go out by twos. And he spoke to them. And I'm going to be talking about how these are not people who are born again. These are not people who have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling on the inside of them. And they're walking in healing miracles. How is this possible? Right? We're going to talk about that. Luke 10, 19 through 24. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. I'm going to stop right here. Jesus is telling the 70. This is the same context. This is in Luke chapter 10, 19. This is after he sent the 70 out. He told them, I will give unto you power to tread on serpents. Now, he's giving them this power. They're not one with this power yet. How much more the children of God, right? 20, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In the hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou has hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto the babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my father and no man knows who the son is, but the father and who the father is, but the son and he to whom the son will receive, uh, re reveal him. And he turned him unto his disciples. Watch this and said privately, blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see. And have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Even now, hear me out. Even now, people, people beg God to see miracles. People beg God to hear his voice. Many beg God, yet they do not see, hear, or even taste of the things that Jesus commanded us to do. Why? And these were prophets and kings. They did not see they did not hear any of the things that Jesus was trying to show them in his lifetime. This is very interesting to me. As Christians, this should be the norm, yet it sadly, it is not. Why is it that 70 went out and 12 went out and everyone that he commissioned saw what Jesus told them to do? So they went out. Now, remember, Jesus was going around laying hands on the sick. He was healing them, preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. And so these people were watching him, and they went out and did the same things he did. There wasn't no school of identity and lifestyle. There wasn't no prophetic school that he was training them in. He was making disciples. And these 70 just decided, hey, he's going to commission us. He's going to give us power. And they went out and started doing these things. This is mind-boggling to me because this is before Pentecost. Now, remember, John chapter 7, verse 39 confirms that the Holy Spirit was not yet given. So how is it that they were walking in power with just a word that he spoke over them? He just spoke this word over them. I give you power. And they believed it. They didn't speak in tongues they didn't fall in the spirit. They weren't slain. They weren't doing the stuff that Christians do to confirm that they have this power. He just said, I give you power. And they said, oh, you're giving it to me? They didn't say, okay, where's the proof? All right, should I pray in tongues? 
They couldn't pray in tongues yet. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. So what was the proof that they had this power? The proof is in the pudding, ladies and gentlemen. The proof was they went out and they believed it. And here's the crazy thing. Whether they had it or not in their mind, mentally, physically, or emotionally, Jesus already said he gave it to them. So now if Jesus said, I give it to you, now whether they use it or not, that's not on Jesus. That's on them. So if Jesus says, I give it to you, and he gives it to them, and they don't use it, Jesus is like, I already said I gave it to you. So now whether you use it or not, that's not on me. And I think that's the case now. I think that's what's happening now to the body of Christ. I think that's what the problem is now in Christianity. He said what he did. He confirmed what he did. And we still don't go out and do it for some reason. And there's something that's keeping us from manifesting this truth, right? We got to get to that. Jesus confirms that they are hidden from those who consider themselves wise. So yes, things can be hidden from us. Not that God is hiding them. Rather, we choose not to accept his word as truth. It's through hearing. We hear what he says and we accept it as truth, right? Romans 10, 17 confirms. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? If Jesus said it, we believe it and we follow through. If Jesus is not Lord over what we believe, how can we conceive it? Think about that. If Jesus is not Lord over what we believe, how can we conceive it? How can we walk in something that we, we won't believe or even remotely entertain in our minds that it's even possible? Let's not forget. Jesus was also a prophet. A true prophet here. Watch this. A true prophet is able to manifest this spiritual truth as a prophet, bringing it from the spirit into the physical world. An instrument in the hands of God. That's what a prophet is, right? Matthew 6.10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which means that you can create this reality here, right? Let's address what keeps us from flowing with Christ as a co-laborer. I love saying what keeps us from being co-laborers and flowing with Christ because we have rivers of living water. We're supposed to be flowing in this he flows, we flow, right? Now that we have the Holy Spirit, we figure it would be easier, correct? Come on, give this some thought. Okay, so why isn't it? <laughs> why isn't it easier? Now remember, the 70 didn't have the Holy Spirit, and he told them to go out. And these are people casting devils out of people. These are people healing the sick. These are people doing everything that the kingdom is required, right? When I say the kingdom is required to do certain things, it's because it's where we live. Right? We're citizens of the kingdom of God. And as citizens, we have certain rights. And so anyone can walk in the kingdom of God because it's our legal right as children of God living in the kingdom to proclaim. We're called ambassadors of Christ, which means we're supposed to be walking these things out and teaching people to live as citizens of heaven. Here we go. So why isn't it easy for us? Why isn't it? It should be easier. It should be twice as easy as it was for those who just heard Jesus. Jesus told them, and they went and did it. Okay, so now we have the scriptures. We have the Holy Spirit. We have praying in tongues. We have all these things. So what's going on? Right? And it's crazy. Now, Angela said here, was the Holy Spirit resting on them? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it was or it wasn't. Jesus said, I give you power. 
So if Jesus says he's going to give you power, it doesn't matter if the Holy Spirit's resting on them or not. Jesus said, I'm going to give you power. So you're going to have power. So the question that most Christians have is, okay, so how does this power come? And where does it come from? Does it come on me? Am I going to feel it? Am I going to feel a goosebump? Am I going to hear tongues? Like what's going to happen? And, 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 and the crazy thing is like, he just said it. And if he said it, we should believe it. And that's the hard part, right? Because we want things to be confirmed to us. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in time, we start seeing the manifestation of what it is we believe by walking it out. And we're going to talk about what it means to walk it out by faith because that's very important. That's very vital. So Acts 1.8, watch this. Acts 1.8, watch this. But you shall receive power. Okay, wait. So Jesus said... In Luke 10, I will give you power. And in Acts 1a, he says, but you shall receive power. Okay, so one is I give it to you, and the other one is you're going to receive it. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Okay, okay. So the seven didn't have a choice whether they received it or not because he gave it to them. He said, I give you power. So that has nothing to do with them receiving it. He said, I'm giving it to you. Now, Acts 1a, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come unto you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the outmost parts of the earth. Okay, so here it is. We shall receive power. So in the same thing that Jesus sent to the 70 and gave them power, now we receive power. Like we get it. So the question is not, do I have the power? Because the Bible tells us here that you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost has come. So if you have the Holy Ghost... You have power to be a witness, a witness to do what? A witness to preach and teach the kingdom of God. Because as our teacher, he taught us to go out two by two and telling them that the kingdom of God is at hand. Therefore, we go with this message and we teach them to walk out who the Christ is. That's what it's all about. So here it is. Watch this. So if you have the Holy Spirit, Acts 1-8 confirms you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. So when the Holy Spirit comes, you receive power. Okay, so then the question is, when I receive this power, what's this power for? Is it to move in gifts? Is it to see in the Spirit? Is it, what's it for? Is it to fight the enemy? Like, why is this power given to me? And it's in John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name this power is given to you to become something not to perform something there's a difference it's not given to you so you can perform it's given to you so you could become and from becoming something you manifest something we don't perform we manifest who we are in the christ that's what we do this is not an act it's not it's not about what you think you are it's about what scripture says you are. It's who we are. No faking it till you make it here. You made it. And we manifest what that looks like on a daily. I don't fake it till I make it. I make it. I'm not faking anything. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm being trained because now faith is. Now, it isn't like, okay, keep faking it until it becomes. You're not faking anything. Jesus didn't fake his death on the cross. Jesus didn't fake what was going on. He didn't fake the lashes on his back. That ain't fake. That's real. And we got to walk out the realness of who Christ is, right? So how does this work? 
right? It works through the Holy Spirit. So Rach HaKadosh is the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit. David said in the Psalms, Psalms 51, 10 through 14, watch this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from the blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. The reason the Holy Spirit is given is to make you one with God. David was not born again yet. His dedication to follow God was evident in his life. God would honor his word. He honored David's word because David's humility and willingness to submit himself to correction. Okay, hear me out. Let's not forget, David was anointed to be king. He was anointed, okay? God's anointed. Now, we as born-again believers carry the one who's anointed come on the christ to say the anointing breaks the yoke is the same as saying the christ breaks the yoke i carry the christ that breaks every single yoke of bondage in your life in my life in everyone's life if we allow him to manifest who he is on a daily okay here we go humility and taking accountability for our walk and mistakes is vital. God wants to use a pure vessel. Now remember, David was saying this because some things were going on. He was in adultery. He was doing some things he shouldn't have been doing, right? And he came clean. The anointing was still on him. It didn't leave him. He said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He came to the place where he humbled himself, humbled himself, right? A lot of ministers need to humble themselves, okay? Hear me out. The vessel's not the question here. The heart is. The vessel is not at question. The heart is at question. Ezekiel 36, 26. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. This is talking about removing the heart that will not allow God's word to become flesh. To manifest who he is. By giving you a heart that moves for God. Therefore, this is what the scriptures tells us in Ephesians 3.17. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. This, of course, is talking about those who are born again through the Spirit. Spirit-filled believers in Christ. Jesus lives in your heart by faith. Yet, faith without works is dead. Look, when he talks about I'll, give you a, I'll remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, I tell everybody, look. The issue here is that your heart is not moving for God. He'll give you a heart of flesh. He'll remove your heart of stone, which means your heart will not move. It's stubborn. It does not do what it needs to do for Christ. Jesus lives in your heart by faith, yet faith without works is dead, which confirms that faith without faithfulness to manifest who Christ is in you is dead works. Hear me out. Faith without faithfulness in who Christ is for you is not manifesting Christ at all. It's just saying, I believe something. Hear me out. Remember, Christ wants you to manifest the power that heals the sick. He wants you to walk in him more than you do. More than you do. He, sighed, he, he died so you can walk out all that he is, 
always remember that. Always remember, he wants you to do it more than you do. He believes you can do it. He wants you to do it. I always tell people when I lay hands on the sick, I say, I don't believe I can do it, but Jesus, you believe I can. So I'll just agree with you. I'll allow what you believe to manifest because everything in me is struggling with this. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. And believe me, God can do a lot with your unbelief if you're submitting to his word and say, everything in me says this ain't possible, but you say it is. So I'm going to do it anyways. And that's what all this is about. Pushing through James 2 14 through 20 what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works can faith save him if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them depart in peace be worn and filled but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body what does it profit thus also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even demons believe and tremble. But do you not know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Which means that even devils and demons and the demonic believe. Believing's not going to do it. I'm sorry. Believing's not enough. You have to walk out what it is you believe. You have to manifest what it is you believe. That's why it says that faith without works is dead. So faith without faithfulness and walking out who the Christ is for you is a dead Jesus that will not produce because you have to walk out who the Christ is. You have to do it. You have to labor with this reality. How can we train this vessel to manifest who Christ is? It's only through faith that one can manifest him. Faith without all the faithfulness we can muster in manifesting. And we have to muster everything that we have in the Christ. Faith with all the faithfulness that we can muster in manifesting him. That's what it's about. So how can we allow the word who is Christ to become flesh? This is what all this is about. How do we do it? How, Pete? You keep talking about it. You keep talking about it. But how can we do it? John 1.14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. And the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's not forget that God sowed. Watch this. Oh, 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 oh my gosh. Watch this. Let's not forget that God sowed an eternal seed in a mortal body. Let's not forget that. Come on. Let's not forget that our God sowed an eternal seed into a mortal body. That's you. And the hopes that you would learn to draw from the seed that is in you, which is the Christ. He is eternal, eternal. Our father planted the seed of immortality into a mortal vessel. The challenge we all face is how do we allow this seed of immortality to produce this dunamis power on a daily through a mortal vessel here on earth? How do we do it? How? <laughs> St. Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This new creation in Christ has a goal. Hey, I got to plug in my, I got to plug in my, uh, 
My laptop. Yes, Lord. <laughs> My laptop said, I'm about to shut off here in about 10%. And I said, wait a minute. I didn't plug it in. So it's something. Come on, Jesus. St. Corinthians 5, 15. Therefore, if any man. I'm not sure I understand. You don't need to understand, Siri. It's not for you. <laughs> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This new creation in Christ has a goal. Redemption. Redemption. Making all things new. Bringing all things into Christ. Come on. Everything is subject to the Christ in you. This must be your mindset at all times, at all costs. Bringing all things into Christ. Everything is subject to the Christ in you. Everything. The process of bringing every thought captive and into the subjection and obedience to the truth takes work. Takes work. Revelation 21.5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Ooh, hold on. I make all things new. <laughs> and he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. Wait, wait, wait. These words are true and faithful? You make all things new? Lord, you make all things new? All things new? So if I got an old pain here, you can make that thing new? If I got an old, oh, you, oh my gosh, you make all things new. Make them new. Oh my gosh. How does he make all things new? Through you. If the old man is dead, then it's the manifestation of the new man in Christ. Now remember, you were part of this world before Christ. John 15, 19, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. My God. Guys, if you wouldn't mind hitting the share button, if you wouldn't mind hitting the like button, we want to push this as far as we can. We want people to walk out manifestation. We don't want this lukewarm Christianity. We want people to be so on fire about who the Christ is for them that it'll drag them into victory. It's about being dragged. I tell people, look, you just hold on to God's promises. You just don't let it go. I tell people, you hold on to one promise, just one, with everything that you have, and you don't let it go. Look, that promise, if you don't let it go, will drag you into victory. It'll drag you kicking and screaming and yelling into victory if you do not let it go. Don't let it go. Imagine the Christ. Hold on to the Christ. The Christ will drag you into victory. It'll drag you everywhere. You, it'll drag you in the name of Jesus because it has the power to manifest everything that he is in your life. Don't let go. Don't let go. No matter what. Don't let go. So therefore, the mind has to think and believe a certain way. It has to. What good is walking in the power if everything this world is telling you and saying to you causes you to question everything that Christ is for you and what he's accomplished for you at the cross? Is it finished? And if so, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for you? It's not only about what Jesus did for you. It's more about what he did to you. What did he do to you? What has he done to you at the born again experience? What did he do to you? 
What has he done? My God, what has he done? <laughs> oh, man. Ephesians 5.8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You were once darkness. You're not darkness anymore. You're a child of light. You're to walk as a child of light. First Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever by the word of God. Who's the word of God? Who's the word of God? Oh my gosh. Colossians 3, 3 through 10. This, this is powerful right here. Watch this. For you died and your life is not is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, when Christ, who is your life, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Watch this. Put to death, therefore, the components of your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is adultery because of these, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. When you live among them, when you lived among them, you also used to walk in these ways, but now you must put aside all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put, on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and in the image of its creator. Wait, in the knowledge, in the image, what? You have to know who your God is. You have to have some knowledge about what it is that's happened to you. Look, there's a lot of Christians that don't even know what happened to them. There's things are still happening to them. It's very interesting to me. I'm like, come on, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's happening. Get it together. What's going on? What happened to you? Come on. It tells us right here. Put to death. But here it says that you already died. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. So if you died, you need to put some things to death. You need to kill some things in your life. You need to kill some mindsets. You need to kill some emotions. You need to kill the sexual morality. You need to kill the lust. You need to kill the greed. You need to kill the adultery. How can you kill this? How do you do it? By not living in the flesh. That's how you do it. Check this out. Manifesting the Christ also means thinking like the Christ. As a man believes, so he is. If you can't believe it, then how will it ever be possible for you to walk in these things? All things are possible for them who believe. All things. And I always tell people, if all things are possible for them who believe, so what if you believe the wrong stuff? Then those things are possible too. Because you believe them. And if you believe them, they become real for you. That's why I tell people, you better believe what the word says. Don't believe what so-and-so said. If you believe you're going to die, you're going to die. If you believe that you're going to lose it, you're going to lose it. If you believe you're not smart, you ain't smart. Whatever you believe, whatever you believe, that's why I tell people, make sure that what you believe, that whatever you buy into, make sure that you're willing to pay the price because you're going you're, you're gonna to pay for that belief system your whole life. So it might as well be a good one. I always tell people, if you're going to believe, believe something amazing. 
All things are possible for them who believe. Why not believe amazing? Why not believe you're free? Why not believe you can't get sick? Why not believe that you walk in power? Why not believe that you're awesome? Why not believe that? <laughs> Why not believe some good things for once? Why not believe that God is for you and not against you? Why not believe that you're blessed? Why not believe that you're favored? Why not believe it? Why not believe that you are everything that he says? Why not believe it? Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We can no longer think as men and women. We must think as children of God who are one with him through the Christ. With God, all things are possible. So I'm not talking about what's possible. I'm talking about how do we make things possible. I'm the place, and I tell myself this, I'm the place where the impossible meets God. That's me. Anything that seems impossible runs into me. Hey, you haven't met my Christ yet. Okay, impossible? Watch this. I'm that place where I turn the impossible into the possible. I'm that place. I'm the manifestation of the impossible to the possible through this vessel. Me, you, all of us. It's called manifestation, right? We must submit ourselves to this truth. Who is Christ for you? Who is he for you? Wait, I want you to take it further. Who is Christ in you? Who's he in you? See, we always talk about who he is for us. But who is he in you? Who is he? 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We must think like the one who has the power. If we are to become one with the Spirit, then we must be in one accord in how the Spirit thinks and sees and speaks about certain things. This is kingdom right here. Remember, you still think and believe like a citizen of the world you were taken out of. Why did Jesus die? Why? He died because he died as you were, so you could become what he is. So then the question is, where did Jesus die? He died on Calvary. Calvary, translation, Golgotha. Golgotha means the place of the skull. We also have to die at the place of the skull. That's the problem. How can we manifest the conqueror without thinking like one? How can we manifest the conqueror without thinking like one? You can't. That's the problem. That's the problem. We have to become one with the conqueror. The battle is conquering the thoughts that keep us in lack. This truth was manifest through a submitted vessel in Christ. It has to flow through you. There's no way around it. An angel ain't going to come bring it to you. You have to bring it because you have the faith and you have the Christ and you have to bring it. You have to bring who Christ is. We always want people to bring something. You bring it. You bring it on. You know what you got. You know what you carry. You bring it. Such as I have, I give unto you. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it. Right? How can one say there are one with the Christ when mentally we're divided? Can't. James 1.8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It says in all his ways. All means all. All. Watch this. James 1, 23 through 24. For if 
For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, which means a mirror, for he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgotten what manner of man he is. We were created by the word. How much more walking it out? We, we renew our minds to what the word says about us in Christ. That's the key. We have to renew our mind to this reality. It has to be done. So then we must renew our minds to what the word says. So we can speak like the Christ who is the manifestation of the word of God. So we're manifesting the Christ. So that's the key. So how can you manifest the Christ if you don't talk like the Christ? How can you manifest the Christ if you don't think like the Christ? How can you do what the Christ does if you haven't once been settled in the Christ? That's a crazy thought. John 1.14, and the word became flesh. It's not enough to just say we are one in the spirit with Christ. We must think and speak in lines with the spirit so that we may manifest this truth throughout a vessel, throughout a vessel throughout our vessels that have been commissioned to carry this gift into the darkness of this world to those who are suffering. People suffer because we do not submit ourselves to this truth. People are suffering, suffering because we do not hold truth. We don't hold fast to the truth. Everything you will encounter has to be pushed through a lens. Everything. How does the Christ in you see the circumstances you find yourself in? And how does he see it for others? This is the key in walking out this manifestation. Pound this into your mind day and night. How does God see this? How does the Spirit see this? How does the Christ see this? 1 Peter 3.22. Who has gone into heaven? Watch this. Think this way. Watch this is how you have to think because scripture says it. Watch this. First Peter 3.22. Who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So this is Jesus. This is Jesus. It says Jesus has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him, which means they listen to him. They do what he says. Okay, they do what he says. That's what it means, made subject, which means powers, authorities, angels, everything has been made subject unto him. Ephesians 2, 6, and has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places with Christ. So 1 Peter 3.22 is not just talking about Jesus who's gone up into heaven, who is seated on the right hand of God. Ephesians 2, 6 says that we are also seated with Christ at the right hand of God. And it says here, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're in Christ and Christ is in us. Watch this. Colossians 1, 16. For in him, let me stop. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, as born-again believers, we are also in Christ. We are in Christ. Colossians 1.16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, powers, rulers, 
authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. For him? Powers were created for him? Angels were created for him? Authorities were created for him? Yes, and according to 1 Peter 3.22, they're also made subject unto him. Okay, Colossians 2.15. And having spoiled <laughs> principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Okay, hold on. Spoiled means to overthrow and rob them, to take everything from them, having spoiled. Okay, who spoiled them? Jesus. And then after he spoiled them, he went and sat on the right hand of God, according to 1 Peter 3.22, and angels and authorities and powers, after he spoiled them, they were made subject unto him. But these things that are made subject unto him, according to Colossians 1.16, were created by him. So he created them so they could serve him. So he created them and then spoiled them and then robbed them and then overthrew them and then sat down and then sat us with him and then showed us that we have the same power because he says that when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power to become the sons of God. So this son of God here, according to scripture, Colossians 2.15, spoiled principalities, spoiled powers, and made a show of them openly and triumphant over them. Spoiled meaning to overthrow and rob them, rob them of their power, rob them of their authority, meaning in Christ they have no say. They must submit to what you carry. How can they honor this if we haven't learned to honor it for ourselves. Come on, man. Come on. This power flows from the core of who we are. You must become one with this truth mentally, physically, and emotionally because spiritually, it's already a fact. Spiritually, it's already a truth. Spiritually, Jesus died to seal that thing. He sealed that promise with his blood. Spiritually, you're already one with them. The problem is mentally you're not, physically you're not, emotionally you're not. But then people be like, well, what's going on with the whole soul thing? That's a whole nother conversation that I would love to address. And I think I have addressed it, right? We're going to talk about it here in a little bit. This is biblical fact, not just hearsay. Scripture confirms this. The word of God confirms this, but the enemy will want to rob you from this truth. It doesn't want, the enemy doesn't want you in your word of God. The enemy doesn't want you confirming some things. The enemy doesn't want you to stand on the word. The enemy doesn't, doesn't want you to push back. It wants you to buckle and fall and be in the ground and be in the dirt. We don't stand in the dirt. We stand on the dirt. We don't fall in the dirt. Excuse me. We stand. The enemy's beneath our feet. We stand on the word of God. That's what it's all about. The enemy must be held to the law of the spirit. Come on, guys. You got to hold the enemy accountable, man. You got to hold him to the law of the spirit. How can we hold the power? How can we hold the powers that be to this truth if we haven't submitted to it for ourselves? It's called hypocrisy. Hypocrites. A kingdom divided. A double-minded man. It's hypocrisy. You can't claim to walk in this power and not believe it for yourself. You can't speak in power and not live in it. 
You can't just give the word and then not live in the word. Come on, man. When God releases a word, it never leaves him. It's a word that's sent forth, but it never comes back void because it's never separated from who he is. How much more the Christ that's in us? How much more? Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the fowl, over, the, over everything in the air and over the cattle and over everything in the earth and every creeper thing that creepeth upon the earth. We were given this dominion at creation, at creation. Now we were given power to take back our dominion over everything that comes against us in Christ. And for those who have fallen subject to sickness and disease and the oppressor of the enemy and all the things that come against them, we take that back. We don't allow the enemy to take nothing from us, nothing from the children of God. This is not an attack on just you. This is an attack on God's word. And we will not allow the enemy to rob this word from us or this truth or anything that God has given to us. We don't give them an inch. We don't give them anything, anything at all. We're not going to give it to them. We're not. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I love that. I've commanded you. We're under a command. Whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. All power in heaven and in earth. Hmm. If he has it, you have it. Because that same Christ that spoke there is the same Christ that lives here. And if he had it then, he didn't move in without it. And if he had the authority then, he has it now. So he never lost it. The authority was given to him before the foundations of the world. So if he has it, I have it. He hasn't changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will confirm his word forever. The enemy will be subject to his word forever, right? The key is to increasing God's presence in our minds by allowing him to fill every area and circumstance, seeing the answer through him in every circumstance. Who is Christ for me? Who is Christ for me? Who is the Lord for me? Who is he for me? Because if he can be that for me, he could be that for you. Freely, if I receive, freely I give. It has to be real for me first. First, right? Here we go. The struggle is here. God is wanting to express himself, and we are always wanting to express ourselves. These are forms of expressions fighting for space in our lives. When we express who we are in the flesh, check this out. Known as the old man, the scriptures call this the works of the flesh. We do not express the old man. We express the new man. And this is the struggle because there has to be a mindset behind it. We're always fighting for space. Let's make space for God, right? Let's not allow the old man's way of thinking. Let's not allow the old man's way of talking. Let's not allow this manifestation to take space. That's called wasted space. Galatians 5, 19, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery 
fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, reviling, and such like of which I've told you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Of course you can inherit because the Bible says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5.19 is addressing the works of the flesh this is the manifestation of the old man of carnality. We're not called to manifest the flesh. Scripture confirms that we're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If the spirit of Christ lives in us, which means that even though you're in the spirit, you can still walk out carnality, which is a big no, no. Okay. No, no. Galatians 5, through 25. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, and such there is no law. And they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh and the affections and lusts. What did we crucify? What did we crucify? What did we crucify? What did we crucify? Come on, man. The lust of the flesh. I tell people, have you crucified the lust of the flesh? Have you crucified the old man? We're already dead. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified. I am crucified with Christ. This is how we walk in the spirit by renewing our minds into complete obedience to Christ and crucifying the flesh. We do this by considering ourselves crucified with him, meaning the flesh, the flesh, the flesh crucifying the flesh and alive in Christ to walk out who he is in this newness of life. Galatians 2.20, Paul confirms it. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Hey, does Christ live in you? Because he lives in me. So if he lives in me, then how does he manifest? Well, you got to crucify the lust of the flesh. Because remember, your flesh has desires. Your flesh wants to do certain things. That is no longer your identity. Your identity is now in the spirit. And you're training to allow your body, your vessel to manifest a spiritual truth through the flesh, which is called the word becoming flesh. The word of God becomes flesh, becomes everything that he is in this world. You get to manifest that here. In this world. And it says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ that lives in me. And the life now I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We walk out his faith, not ours. Oh, man, I could teach on this all day. You do not walk out your faith. You walk out his faith because I'm going to show it to you. Watch this. His faithfulness, not ours. He's training us to walk out his faithfulness. He showed us by modeling out a life what being faithful to God looked like. So we model the Christ. We also walk out his faith and his faithfulness through an example. He exa his, his example proved to us that it could be done. That's what all that's about. You walk out his faith, not yours. His faithfulness, not ours. His words, not yours. His speech can transmit senses feelings spiritual laws his word does that his speech does that his reality does that his spirit does that hear me out his speech can transmit senses man i'm telling you Woo. his word can do things you never thought you could do 
because you can't do it. He does it. That's what it's all about. His speech, his words, his reality. Watch this. We walk out his faith. Hebrews 12, 2. Watch this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Author, guys. Author's the word here. What? He authors our faith? That means by having faith in who he is, we get to manifest his outcome in our lives. His outcome. My God. You lay hands on the sick, that's his outcome. You speak a word, that's his outcome. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He starts it, he finishes it. My story becomes his story in victory. That's what it's all about. His story becomes my victory. It's an amazing thing. Watch this. First Peter 1 9 proves it. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Yes, folks, to those who say your soul needs to be delivered, the souls, the soul, according to scripture, is already saved according to 1 Peter 1 9. Watch this. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. So yes, folks, according to that scripture, your soul is saved. <laughs> your soul is saved. Yes, folks, to those who say your soul needs to be delivered, your soul, according to scripture, saved. That means that everything that saved you in the spirit has also saved your soul. It says here, look, it says you received it already. Watch this, Isaiah 53.10. Yes, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. A soul for a soul. Now we must receive this by faith. Receiving the end of your faith. It's done. It's done. Receiving the end of your faith. Your faith is done. We now walk out his faith. The old man walked out the faith of a carnal man. The new man walks out the faith of Christ because the faith of Christ is needed to lay hands on the sick. The faith of Christ is needed to raise the dead. The faith of Christ is needed to do all the things he did because it's all in the spirit and it's the faith in the spirit that makes you walk these out. So you're faithful to who the Christ is in you, in the spirit, therefore manifesting who he is into a natural realm. That's what all this is about. That's what it's all about. Watch this. So then the salvation walk is walking out these truths in a vessel submitted to this truth. Walking out this truth in Christ, manifesting them through a body. The body that was paid for with a price. If you can't conceive it, you can't birth it. The unrenewed mind will fight by default. Faith is the ability to believe that what's happening in the spirit is truth, not fiction. Let me say that again. Faith is the ability to believe that what happens in the spirit is truth, not fiction. How much more what's already be done? How much more to what's already been done in the spirit? How much more? It's truth. It's fact. 
It's not fiction. We see who Christ is for us, and we execute with this body. Now faith is. Now faith is everything that he says it is. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So how does one train in submitting the mind and the body to the works of Christ? Through his faith. Meaning we must follow through with the faithfulness of walking out who he says he is for us and through us in the kingdom of God. Faith without faithfulness is not faith at all. It's just believing. Believing without conceiving is just a belief. And beliefs don't get it done. Acting out who Christ is is what gets it done. Acting out what one believes is called faith. We believe in Christ, therefore we walk him out. And that's where manifestation flows right there god is faithful to his creation how much more to those who choose to walk out his faithfulness towards others this is our call in the kingdom of god to walk out his faith to walk out his faithfulness and this only happens by renewing the mind that that's already inside of you how can you walk that out if that's not already in you train your vessel train your mindset train in the christ always we're being trained in the spirit if you feel like you're being attacked, you're in the flesh. You're in the flesh. I'm going to talk about this. Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just excited. You know why I'm excited? Because people are going to listen to this. And they're going to say, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? I'm kind of asking that. What are you waiting for? Now faith is. James. One, two through three. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, when it says knowing this, you need to know this. <laughs> that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect way. That you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Watch this. So you're being tried. That means you're being tested. What's being tested? <laughs> I'm not being attacked. You're being tested. What? I'm being tested. Yeah, because in the kingdom of God, you don't get to fail. You get to take the test over and over and over until you get it right. First Peter chapter 4, 12 through 19. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeals that has come on to you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so much as you participate in the suffering of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief, or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as Christians, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, and what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue 
to good works. This is the mindset to have in all things. How can one call? How can one call? How can one call this an attack? Listen. This is not oppression. Listen. How can one call this oppression when the scripture calls it trials? Tests don't oppress you. They don't oppress you if you know why the trial is there. <laughs> it is there to work you. <laughs> it's there to work you. Oh, my gosh. It tries your faith. It works you, man. Come on. According to James 1, 2 and 3, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that our trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Seems like training for reigning to me. In the flesh, everything will seem like an attack. In the spirit, everything's testing you and trying you to see if you will birth the Christ in every area when it comes to temptation. I've addressed it in my earlier videos on why we wear the armor and why we wrestle with principalities and powers. We can all agree. They all fall at the feet of Jesus. We stand everything. We stand, we stand everything else bows. We stand everything else bows. Some keys to help you yoke the flesh to Christ. Here we go. Here's where I'm about to get real right here. We just hit a bunch of scriptures. Here's what's going to happen. And here's where the rubber meets the road right here. Okay. A lot of us want to manifest the Christ. A lot of us. But we don't want to go through the pain. Through the suffering of what that is, okay? A lot of us want to see miracles, but a lot of us don't want to go up to people to lay hands on them so a miracle can manifest. A lot of us want to have this feeling come over us of pure joy. <laughs> uh, no, that's not going to happen in most cases when you're being trained. The joy comes in when you realize the glory is being manifest. You get the, the joy when you see the miracles. You get the joy when you walk it through. You get the joy when you push through that stuff. So we train in hardship because you're going to get the no's. You're going to get the no, don't pray for me. You're going to get the no, I don't want to hear it. You're going to get it. And you're being tried. You're being tempted to quit. You're being tempted not to walk those things out. And those things are going to happen to you. But we don't address this in the body of Christ. We don't address the struggle of the mindset. You're going to have a mindset struggle. You got to get into the right mindset and you got to start training. And you got to remember once you're in Christ, everything that's happening to you is training you to manifest the Christ. Now what will happen is you'll start manifesting worry. You'll start manifesting fear. You'll start manifesting doubt. you start manifesting questions. You'll be like, how come this? How come that? How come, how come, how come? The children of God don't question God. We honor God. You're being taught to honor what you carry, okay? It's not, a, it's not enough just to throw scriptures out there, okay? You have to honor it by the way you respond to what you carry. Now, remember. We as priests, remember, because Jesus is our high priest, and we're also priests and kings. We're a royal priesthood, which means that we carry the presence of God as priests, which means that we have to train in the service of people. We forget we're not in this for self. 
We're in this for people. We feed them the bread. We give them the manna. We give them the word. We, we encourage them. We build them up. These are the children of God that have been given to us in our care. Jesus said, hey, hey, what you've done to the least of them, you've done to me. And they say, hey, when have we seen you cold? When have we seen you hungry? This is everyone because they're all children. They're all children that need what it is that God wants to give them. Now, they're all fallen. They're in darkness. They're all enslaved by sin, by sickness, by disease. All of it has taken them captive. We've been commissioned by the Lord of hosts. We've been commissioned by the Christ to go out there and give them the message of the kingdom of God. We're to preach and teach the kingdom of God. Now, when you preach and teach the kingdom of God, this is what follows. People will be healed. People will be delivered. People will be set free. So then the key is, how do you manifest a miracle? Let's train in the mindset. Before we get the manifestation of a miracle, let's train in manifesting who the Christ is. Because the Christ always gets 100%. So do I want you to walk out miracles? Do I want you to walk out manifestation? No, I want you to be manifestation for the Christ. He will use your vessel to manifest who he is. This is what all this is about. So we're not manifesting a miracle. We're not looking for the miracle. We are trying. We are trying to bring our thoughts captive. We're trying to submit ourselves to who Christ is because we want to manifest him. And so don't get into the numbers. Well, you know, I get 6%, 10%, 8%. No. You always say, I'm in victory. Regardless of what the percentages are, that's where I'm at. And I'm in victory. I'm in Christ 100%. I am not going to allow what I see to determine how much of Jesus I have. That's not what's going to happen. I am not in measure. You are not in measure. We are in fullness. So we're to train in fullness, talk in fullness, think in fullness at all times. Now, here's what I do to train myself. Because look, when you're out there, and this doesn't go away, okay? As long as you have a body, as long as you have flesh wrapped around you, it's going to have desires, it's going to have lust, it's going to have so many things that are going to contradict who the Christ is, and you're to bring those things captive. So what's going to happen is when you're out there and you want to pray with people, you're going to feel some fear. But Holy Spirit is training you, the soul that's one with the Spirit. And you, when you feel this fear in your body, your body's feeling this. Remember, your vessel is feeling everything, okay? It's an antenna. It's feeling everything. Your job is to distinguish what's a good feeling and what's a bad feeling. Now, you take that bad feeling and you take it captive. And you, can, you got to turn things around, which means you got to think yourself happy. Even Paul said, I think myself happy. You can think yourself happy. You can think yourself in victory. Because remember, as a man thinks. So remember, the mind is the platform in which you run the race. If your mind is like this, your race is going to be like this. If your walk is like this, you're going to be like this. What you want is you want to walk it out calm. Right? God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, which means you have to have a sound mind, which means you have to know what is of God and what is not and what's a feeling 
an emotion and you take those things captive because you don't want it to keep your vessel from carrying what it is that God wants to carry into the darkness because there's people in the darkness. There's people falling apart. There's people hurting, okay? So you have to learn to carry the presence of God into every situation. Now, the key is to allow the Christ to speak. It's enough to carry. Look, it's hard enough just to carry the Christ into a crowd. It's hard enough just to go up to someone and lay hands on someone. Now, you have to learn how to speak as an ambassador, and that takes training. And you have to carry him out admirably. And you have to train in that. And so all the feelings that you're getting is the Holy Spirit is saying, address that. Why are you feeling fear? If I've told you according to the word that I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And if you understood this, you wouldn't be feeling fear. Fear is an emotion. Fear is an emotion. And you're feeling an emotion. An emotion is not who you are. An emotion is something that you're feeling. It's something, look, you can have an emotion as long as the emotion doesn't have you. That's called something having power over you. And so there's things that can have you, things that will take you captive, and you got to learn to break those things off into Christ. And this is what training in the spirit is all about. Everything that you go through when you're laying hands on the sick is you training to bring thoughts captive, you training to be in control of your thoughts, of your emotions, of what you say, how you maneuver, how you carry the Christ in all things. It's about manifesting him. But what happens is a lot of Christians, because they don't know the difference between who they are and who they're not, they allow the flesh to manifest. So they lay hands on the sick. They don't see anything. They rely on what their eye shows them. And now their mind says, why didn't I see anything? And that's not you. That's the carnal mind. That's an enmity against God. That's saying, hey, I'm not subject to the laws of God. And I'm not going to believe that because I'm carnal and I haven't been renewed yet. So I've been relying on what I see your entire life. And so now you think you're going to tell me that this is true when I've been relying on what I see my whole life. And now you're trying to tell me that that's not so. <laughs> that's your mind. And your mind is not you. You are a soul that's one with the spirit of Christ who has a body who has a mind. You are not a body that has a mind that has a spirit. No. You are a soul that's one with the spirit who learns to bring the mind subject to Christ. That brings the body subject. And it's the soul that tells the mind what to think. It's the soul that commands the mind that tells the limbs how to move. It's the soul that tells the body how to respond because it's a vehicle that carries the manifestation of the miraculous into a world that's suffering. And that's how we train. And we train in that. Over and over and over. And so what you do in your prayer time is you get away from everybody. And you talk to God. And you confirm this over and over. You're grateful that you're one with him. You're grateful that he's going to move through you. You're grateful you say this over and over. This is called prophesying. You prophesy what Christ has said you can do. You speak over yourself. You say these things over you. Because that's what it's about. Scripture confirms that when you prophesy. You pro and even Paul said, I, I, I wish that you would all prophesy because when you speak the words of God over yourself and you say them over and over and over, that's called renewing the mind. You're renewing the mind. You're, you're saying it. Oh, this is called practicing. <laughs> you know how many Christians do not practice? Doctors practice. Lawyers practice. Singers practice. Christians don't know what to practice. Because we don't know what the heck we're doing. And the reality is people are suffering because we choose not 
to learn the Christ. And it's, we got to practice. We got to practice laying hands on the sick. We got to practice getting into some situations that make us feel uncomfortable. We got to get our vessels ready for the battle, right? And the battle is to make it submit to everything that Christ is so we can carry his presence into a world. Like, wouldn't you love to carry the presence of God into a room with nothing getting in the way of full manifestation? What does that look like to you? What does it look like when you can walk into the room and the room begins to breathe because you walk into the room? What happens when a man or a woman of God fully submits to the calling of Christ in them and they give themselves fully over to this reality, fully convincing themselves into a spiritual truth? What happens? What does that manifestation look like? What does that look like on a daily? That's why I have the podcast because I want believers to manifest all that he is. On a daily, look, this thing doesn't shut off. Look, Holy Spirit does not shut off. The Christ doesn't go to sleep. We fall asleep. He's awake. He's full on. He's on fire, man. We're consumed by this fire. God is an all-consuming fire. And he is consuming everything in your life that's getting in the way of full manifestation. And guess what? When you start getting into the presence of God, you're going to feel the press. You're going to feel the glory of God come on you. You're going to feel some things starting to press down on you because these things got to come out. Look, you got to leak. You got to leak. I tell people they have to leak because if they don't leak and this stuff is not coming out of them, people say, well, they're leaking all over the place. They're supposed to leak. Because if we don't see where the leaks are coming from, we can't address it. They can't address it. This is normal Christianity. Normal Christianity. Why are you saying that? Why are you doing that? You're leaking. Well, let me hold you accountable. Why are you doing that? What's going on? Are you judging me? I'm not judging you. I love you. I want to help you. I want you to manifest his glory. His glory. People, people, People will blaspheme the Holy Spirit by the way we live, which means that they will see the way we live and they'll call us liars, but they're not talking to us because it's no longer us who live. It's the Christ who lives in us. So when they're calling us a liar, really they're calling God a liar, and we cause people to blaspheme the Holy Ghost by the way we live. And you're going to leak. And I praise God that you're going to leak. I praise God that you're going to get angry today. I praise God that you're going to yell at your wife today. And so you can be addressed. Why are you doing that? What is going on with that? Stop that. That is not of God. That is the flesh. That is carnality. Are you tired of that yet? Are you tired of that yet? Are you tired of going in circles? Look, that is coming out. Praise God. So others can see it and say, hey, let's address that. Let's address that. Look. You are not fighting anger. That's the flesh. That's the flesh. That's carnality. You don't have an anger problem. That's not what that is. The old man has an anger problem, and you just get into the flesh. And when you get into the flesh, everything that's wrong with you is going to start manifesting. The works of the flesh are manifest. Which of these? You're not manifesting a devil. You're just acting like one. (laughs) Your job is to manifest the Christ. I tell people, manifest the Christ, okay? Your identity is not you're angry. No, the flesh is always angry. The flesh is always lusting. The flesh always wants its way. That is not who you are. You do not identify with the flesh. That is not who you are. You'll have moments when you get into the flesh and you'll get angry. But like a plumber, 
who plums. His identity is not a plumber. That's what he does. His identity is a child of God if he's a Christian and he plums. So here's the thing. When we deal with certain things like fear, depression, all this is in the flesh. And God wants you to address that in the right spirit, which means he wants you to address it in the Christ. Speak over that thing. Stop it. No more in the name of Jesus. I know who I am. That's a lie. I won't listen to you anymore. Why am I stressing about this? I ain't going to be stressing about that. Talk to yourself in the mirror. Get in front of the mirror. Start talking to that vessel. Take that thing captive. Let your mind think the right way. Make it subject. Make it do what it needs to do. Don't listen to everybody else. You have power and authority over your vessel. The power starts here. The manifestation starts here. The manifestation starts here. The manifestation starts here. Here's where it starts. It became one with you. Became one with you so you can manifest it. That's what it's all about. And you know what I do to practice? This is what I do. During church, when I go to church on Sundays, I've been doing this for years. I go to the altar during worship, and I let it all out. I let it all out. I throw my hands in the air. I get on my knees. I cry. I weep. I do everything in me to give glory to God. I do not allow my vessel to tell me who Christ is in me or for me when it's time to praise God. Now, the flesh will keep you from raising your hands at church. Your flesh will keep you from going to your knees to the altar. Your flesh will keep you from doing all the things that the spirit wants to do. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I practice in freedom. During church, I get up there in front of 300 people and I act a damn fool. Why? Because I'm a fool for Christ's sake. I praise God. I will not hold back his praise. I will worship. I cry out, Jesus. People are like, man, I said, I don't do this for you. I'm training. Because if the Holy Spirit can't be who he is, if Christ can't be who he is in service, if he can't manifest who he is here, what's he going to do at my house? What's he going to do out on the streets? What's he going to do? I train here on Sundays. I come here. I Look, it says we are to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, which means I'm in the spirit. And the truth is this flesh has no power over me. That's the truth that sets me free. It has no power. It has no say. If the Lord says, get on your knees, I'm on my knees. If the Lord says, raise your hands, I'm going to raise my hands. If the Lord says, cry out Jesus, I'm going to cry out Jesus. If I can't do that in the house of God, and I'm out on the streets, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, go pray for someone. If I can't even say hallelujah in church and raise my hand, what makes you think my vessel's going to go up to someone who needs prayer? <laughs> so I tell people, during church, man, during service, get on your face. Worship your God. I'm a man of the altar. I live at the altar. My whole life is a life of sacrifice. My entire life. And that's not just me. That's all of us in the spirit. In the spirit, that's who we are. Why not go ahead and manifest it now? Manifest who you are in the Christ. Manifest. But you know what? We're afraid to do that because we're worried about what people think. Once again... That's the training. What do you care what people think? Shouldn't you only care what God thinks? What do you care what people see? Should you only care what God sees? Look, if what people see and what people say, what people think are holding you down, 
You're a slave to the flesh because now their flesh has power over you. It's bad enough your flesh has power over you. You're going to allow their flesh to have power over you? Oh, heck no. Uh-uh. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. So what are we going to do today? What are we going to do tomorrow? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out there. And we're going to get ready for the weird feelings we're going to have. And we're going to address them. And we're going to get ready for the no's. And we're going to address the why am I feeling this way when I get a no. Because I'm feeling rejected. And Jesus said they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. You're going in my name. Right? And so the key is when we go out there and we start seeing people who need to be prayed for, who need for us to lay hands on them, we got to push through the veil. We got to allow the Christ to walk up to them. We got to allow the Christ to speak to them. We got to allow the Christ to smile. We got to allow the Christ to manifest. This is before you even lay hands on them, you're already manifested because you've been training all week. You've been training with your wife. You've been training with your kids. You've been training at work. You've been training all day long. Hear me out, guys. Let's not play catch up. You know what catch up is? Catch up is when you're out there and you go one day a week to go look for people to pray for. That's crazy to me. You're going to go one day a week to go minister who you are? What you've been doing all the other days? Come on, we got six days. Six days to manifest. You know what? You get up in the morning, you're already manifesting. You're manifesting the Christ to your wife. You're manifesting the Christ. You're praying. You're singing. You're on your face. You're worshiping God. You're talking to people. You're allowing. Come on, we're training, right? And when you're driving to work, right, and people give you a dirty look, you manifest the Christ. Why? Because you're training. And when you go to the gas station and you pump gas and you're being rude, you're manifesting the Christ. Oh, that's all right. No big deal. I forgive you. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. And you're training. And you're talking to people. And you're manifesting the love love of God everywhere you go and then come to that one day you run into a guy who wants to go minister for one day and you say man what you've been doing all week was there not people at your job who needed who Christ was was there not people around you like what's going on were they invisible all of a sudden you decided to go out one day a week to show people that you can be in the Christ one day <laughs> one day and some people only do it for a couple hours you get oh we're gonna go minister for an hour what <laughs> What? What? Who you are ministers. You're not going to minister. Who you are ministers. And it never stops. We're ministering angels, the Bible says. We have a message. The best gospel preached is the one lived. Let your life speak. Let your actions speak. Let the Christ speak. Let the kingdom of God speak for you by you bringing them in and letting them see. Oh my gosh. So, what we're going to do is you're going to get up tomorrow and you're going to put on this mind that was also in Christ, right? That you didn't see it robbery to see yourself equal to God, but you humbled yourself unto a servant, even unto death, which means you're going to kill the old man. You're going to lay him down. You're going to think, I'm not the old man. I'm the new man now. And I die daily, which means every morning I'm going to do better. So I'm going to die to those mistakes. I'm going to die to those issues. I'm going to die to those struggles. I'm going to die to the things I was struggling with. And I'm, I die daily. So today's another day, right? Because today has its own blessings, right? So today I'm going to walk in those. So when you get into the Christ, you're walking out the blessings because he's the blessing. And so you're walking out who the Christ is. And so now not only are you blessed, you're now a blessing to others, just like Abraham. He said, hey, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to all the nations. So then now, because you're in the Christ and you're walking out who he is, now everyone around you will be blessed. <sighs> My God. <laughs>
It's a whole nother paradigm shift. This is not carnal. Look, I'm not pastoring you in your own man. I'm not pastoring you in your own man. I'm pastoring you in the Christ. We have to pastor people in the Christ, in the spirit. But it's hard to do that when we have other people who are still carnally minded talking about this is what the word says. <sighs> Anyways, <sighs> there's so much to that. So tomorrow, that's what we're going to do. And you're going to do it every day. You're going to smile. You're going to wave. You're going to let people know. You, you're going to put on the Christ every day. Because when he shows up, things happen. The problem is that we're looking for manifestation when really we should just be manifesting the Christ. And in the Christ, when he shows up, oh my gosh, when he shows up. And I want you to allow him to show up. Look, I don't want Pete to speak to you. I want the Christ in me to speak to you. I don't want Pete to do, Pete's going to mess it up. Pete's always going to mess it up because I'm still growing and I'm learning. We're all learning. We're all growing. But I will mess it up. I will. I can do nothing without him because I'm going to mess it up. So when we go out there and you feel these things like, okay, I prayed for someone and nothing happened. You ask yourself, why are you saying nothing happened? The spirit would never say that. What you're saying is you didn't see anything. But just because you didn't see anything doesn't mean that God's a liar. It just means you haven't seen anything. But what if the Holy Spirit's teaching you not to rely on what you see? That means you're not going to see anything. And Jesus said, blessed are those that don't see yet believe. So do you want to walk away blessed? Okay, so believe it whether you see it or not. Oh, what? When you pray, believe that you already have it? What? Yes, because in the spirit, all things, all things are victorious. All things are already as they are, as they are in the spirit, not as they were, as they are in the spirit. Everything's victorious. Everything's healed. Everything, everything. You got to bring that reality to everybody, but it only comes through a vessel who recognizes it, <laughs> right? So guys, if this has helped you, that's my PayPal down there. Guys, I'm really pushing to help people. I'm going to be on here every Friday. I'm faithful to bringing you the word. Whether you sow or not, I'm still going to be faithful to you. But that's my PayPal. You can scan that. Ministries at yahoo.com. If you want to partner with this, if this helps you, if this blesses you, all I ask is that, you know, just think of me. Think of me. Now, whether you give or not, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to be faithful to you because how can I speak God's faithfulness and not be faithful myself? <laughs> how can I expect God to be faithful to me if I'm not faithful to him? I tell you, that's the faithfulness that I'm talking about. Be faithful to the Christ in you. What's the Christ in you say about what you should be doing out there in the world on a daily? <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. In your face Jeez. section with come on. Cabrera Jr. Come on. Oh, Jesus, Jesus baby. baby. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me. Remember, Thursday, we're going to do a live. But next Friday, I'm going to do part four. Okay? Part four. I don't know what I'm going to do it on, but if these are helping you, listen to part one, part two, part three. All of this is about teaching you to manifest who the Christ is in you. I don't want you just to manifest miracles. I want you to manifest more than you could ever think or imagine. And that all happens through the Christ. And that's what I want. That's what I want and that's what he wants. So guys, 
I love you guys in the name of Jesus. Share this with somebody. Please subscribe to my channel, guys. I love you guys. Dave, thank you for putting the scriptures up, guys. Thank you. Auntie M, thank you. Dominion of God, thank you. Fernando, thank you. Wanda, thank you, guys. Thank you for being a part of the All Jesus Podcast. I want to help you grow into the revelation of who Christ is for you on a daily, guys. On a daily. So, guys, I love you guys in the name of Jesus. I'm just so, so blessed by you guys, man. I'm so blessed. So, guys, um, yes, yes, it's on there. The Zoom's on there, guys. The Zoom's on there. Um, what is going on? What is that about? What? Oh, my God. I think that's the Lord trying to talk to me. So, guys, I love you guys. Man, if this helps you, please leave a comment. Let me know how it's helping you. If you're starting to see miracles, let me know. If you're having certain struggles with certain things, let me know. Let us know. This is why the podcast is here. The podcast is here to help you walk it out. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. So I love you guys in the name of Jesus. Man, I'm so blessed by you guys. Dave, thank you. Thanks, guys. Let me come down here real quick. Uh, all right, let me see. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's Dave right there. Oh, here we go. Let me get him on here. I'm trying to get you on, Dave. Oh, it's not letting me do it. Oh, jeez. All right, Nathan Park. What's up, guys? What's going on? Here we go. All right. So, guys, share this with somebody. Man, I had a great time with you guys. So, Guys, I'm a I'm a what well, Dave's not on there now. Look, he turned his camera off. No, there he is. Turn your camera on, Dave. Hey, can you hear me, Pete? Yeah, but your camera's not on. Oh, there you go. Yeah, camera's on. Hey, thanks, Dave. Thanks for uh putting the scriptures yeah, sure up. I, I just had to keep going. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Just a reminder of the Zoom call for everybody on the fourth of May. Yeah. Fourth of May. All right. I'm excited about that. Right. So guys, yeah. So guys, love you guys in the name of Jesus. Thank you guys for joining us. Aloha. Right. Aloha. Right. So thank you guys. Thank you. Love you guys in Jesus name. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Hey, Pete. Yes, sir. Are you? Yeah. You ended that, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, I was I was interacting a little bit with my brother-in-law, so I was kind of on and, oh, yeah. and off there. I, I could I could I hit probably ninety percent of it, but um, that was really good. Thanks, bro. Um, Appreciate it. 